Hello, welcome to Thoughts on Thoughts, a podcast where you, our listeners, can become part of a conversation with us. We are three therapists who are going to talk about the good, the hard, and all the in-betweens of life. Come join us. Welcome to Thoughts on Thoughts. We are back and better than ever. We took a little bit of a break. Don't know what we were doing other than <laughs> taking a break. Just kidding. We were actually creating a course for you guys, an online course all about strengthening your relationships. And so we basically don't have the bandwidth to record every week and work on a course every week. So we kind of dropped the recording, but we are back at it. Like I said, better than ever. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you can hear it in our in my voice. <laughs> I did invite along my co-hosts today. They are here. Guys, why don't you introduce yourselves? Hello, this is Taylor Thomas. Again, back in better than ever, apparently. Mm-hmm. And KJ, thank you for having us on Thoughts on Thoughts, Jessica. Yes. <laughs> honor to be here. And honestly, I love having you guys on your own podcast. What that means to me is impossible to say, really. So (laughs) thanks for being here. Uh, But we just wanted to give you guys an update on what we've been doing other than making the course because we did spend a lot of time doing that. But we've been gone for a few months. So you're probably like, guys, tell me all about your lives. So guys, what have you been doing? I've been watching an insane amount of TV. Good for you. With ice cream. Mm-hmm. Um, that's Good like what you. my husband and I do most nights to just decompress after. What is the uh, ice cream that you have? And the so, TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah. These are important questions. Thank you um, for bringing me back. So the ice cream vacillates between something involving peanut butter, which is what Gordon Correct enjoys. answer. <laughs> the only answer. And what I prefer, which is something either caramely or cookie dough together yeah. would be better, you know? <laughs> I know about that cookie dough obsession. I yeah. remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the ice cream. The TV also vacillates uh, between Survivor. We have consumed a hefty amount of Survivor. This I just year. think of that horn. <laughs> yes. Is that yes. still the jingle? <laughs> It, like the chanting and the horns. Yeah. Got it. That was a lot. <laughs> As someone who does not know the Survivor chant at all. Oh, no. It sounds like, like noise to me. I thought it was pretty on brand. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure it sounds just like it if you know what you're listening for. Your homework, Jessica, is to go listen to that and see how accurate it was. Yeah. Uh, so that, uh, we've also watched a season of Bachelor in Paradise, an old season. Um, currently do it. Bachelorette. Mm-hmm. And I've dabbled in uh, Selling Sunset. 
on my own time. Oh, you know I told you about that. You did? Forever ago. Um, yeah. Also, the home edit, also whatever, yes. Studio McGee's, whatever that was. I know. That was only like three episodes. Also, it was kind of disappointing. No offense, Studio McGee. I love your stuff. I bought your entire line from Target. <laughs> but <laughs> took me a week and I had to be on my Target app always. It took me a week, but I got the stuff I wanted. But it was like so... It was like two seconds long and then it was over. I was like, excuse me. At least the home edit, I felt like I got a feel for it, you know? And I literally did home edit my new home. I bought a ton of product. My house is the home edited. It. It. (laughs) However you say that. I'm excited to see some therapeutic reels. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I can uh, show you my home edited kitchen. (laughs) <laughs> Find us on the old Instagram to see this. Mm-hmm. You know, we're a mental health podcast, but apparently we dabble in lifestyle when it comes Lots to of dabbling. the home edit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Jessica, we'll just leave my update at um, ice cream and TV. What have mm-hmm. you been up That's to? That's good. Yes. Moving. It's a big one. Moving. I did eventually move. Uh, we built a house, and so it's brand new and beautiful. It's... When you when I say I built a house, you might have like an idea of what that looks like, and it probably does not look as nice and as fancy as you <laughs> think it does. But it is so wonderful to have so much space. The hallmark of our home is that I did a reverse trim mm-hmm. throughout the whole house, so all of our doors and trim are dark gray, and all of the walls are white. And that's pretty much all you need to know about the house. <laughs> so I think it. you are kind of hipster in that way. Am so I right? beautiful. I like to think that in five years, every single home is going to be reverse trim. And you're going to be like, Jessica did it first. Because I, I have done it first. I did it and no one else is doing it. It's um high design. You just haven't <laughs> seen it yet. But give it a few years and I guarantee People no, are going to be doing that it. That is something about Jessica, though, that I think people need to know. I feel mm-hmm. like you're pretty, you're just, you do things a few years before everyone else. Like, ahead. I remember definitely I lived ahead. with you. You were already kind of in this like capsule wardrobe mode yes. where you really appreciated like nice quality items and having a few things that you really loved. And that was well before mm-hmm. that became very trendy. Yeah, yeah that's when we had like thousands yeah. of clothing pieces in our wardrobe yeah. like thousands of poorly made things forever 21 <laughs> forever 21 yes. it's true or, yeah, I, so yeah I did get out of that forever 21 H&M I mean definitely my early college years I was in that phase but then I moved on and I did start capsuling very early no one knew what I was talking about when I was like oh time to switch my capsule wardrobe everyone was like what's that but now <laughs> everyone knows so I'm glad people are joining me so that I feel less crazy. People aren't like, ew, why are you doing that? And I'm like, you will be with me soon, I promise. <laughs> so everyone's going to have reverse trim. You've heard it yes. here first. Yeah. Enjoy. I mean, I would recommend doing a black reverse trim. Ooh, if I, I had been braver, black. that would have been real nice. I'll mm-hmm. do it. Do it, Cage. I mean, not now. I'm not building a N- home. Like, yeah, building, maybe but, you know. in your next house. Well, you only have like a few doors right now. Just because you only have the upstairs doors, really. Because <laughs> your downstairs true. is all open, not because My she has My bedroom no- is actually black. <gasps> That's true. All walls are black. Yeah. So I'd have to reverse the whole thing. 
That's true. <laughs> really painful. No, I think that having your room be black is cool, though, because sleeping environment. It's so. a cave. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty dope. Um, so, Tay, what have you been up to? Let's see. I am just currently still raising three children. <laughs> still sticking up a Good lot of for time. you. Glad you did not offload that yet. I know. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, raising my three kids. Uh, working a lot. I'm taking on lots of new clients. So that is taking up a lot of time too. And I just finally agreed to coach my daughter's and my son's soccer team. So cute. I know. Logan was like, Taylor, you need to do it. You need to. I was like, I don't have time, Logan. And then we were playing at the scout and I were playing soccer at the park together just for fun. And I was like, I just had this moment where I was like, oh, I need to do this. I need to do this. It's so fun. So yeah, we just agreed. So I spend my Friday evenings now making our soccer practice schedule for Saturday afternoons. And it's so cute. (laughs) But they have to stay really far apart because of COVID and like the LA regulations and coaching like three to five-year-old soccer like is really (laughs) difficult. Because they're like throughout the whole field. They they, like tend to bunch to wherever the ball is. So I have to put out cones. I'm like, you stand here. You stand here. (laughs) So it's unique, but it's really fun. And yeah. And I've made pumpkin chocolate chip cookies probably 12 times this season. So good for you. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Yeah, me. Mm -hmm. Yay. Guys, that's what we're doing. Mm -hmm. We're all healthy Flirty, 30, and thriving. Thriving. We're not 30 anymore. Only KJ's 30, right? Definitely not 30. I am, yes. Yeah, KJ's still 30, so she's such a young one. We have to lead her and guide her all the time. Like a spring chicken. (laughs) Such a youthful energy. Yeah. All right, well, we wanted to do some question and answer from the questions you guys sent us on our Instagram Mm-hmm. So, um, okay, I'm just going to do this one first because uh, my husband actually wanted us to answer this question. And you can tell this is coming from like military energy. Ooh. So, like, I mean, he's in the military. And when I read this question, I'm like, well, that makes sense that this is what you asked and wanted <laughs> to know. So he said, rank these three attributes of value to you. Honesty, loyalty, and discipline, and explain why. Oh my gosh. Okay, honesty, loyalty, and discipline. Okay. Loyalty, honesty, and then discipline. That is my ranking. <laughs> One oh through gosh. three, right there. We're the same. Sorry. Right. Okay, so, so for me, like social work energy answering this question. So, yeah, say yes. why. Yeah, so why loyalty just automatically comes number one for me because I just prioritize loyalty, like friends, support, security, loyalty. I don't know. Honesty is next because it's really good to be honest, you know, and important. (laughs) Gosh, Gordon. And the third one is discipline because I would not consider myself to be a highly disciplined person if I'm being honest. You're a free spirit. I am. I am definitely more of a free spirit. I value flexibility. So that one comes in third. Done. 
Yeah, I think I think for me, those would probably be the same just in myself as mm-hmm. my own character. Probably yeah. do the same. How about you, Jessica? Here's how I feel about this question. Oh, okay. boy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I feel like I'm in fourth grade and they're doing a class presentation on values. And in my mind, I'm like, who cares about any of these (laughs) like obviously it's important to be loyal and honest and disciplined obviously but I like truly don't see how it translates to like real life practice you know so for me I prioritize reality television above those three things (laughs) I prioritize shopping above those three things I I prioritize sleep Mm-hmm. Over those, you know what I mean? But like literally, I mean, they're all very important, but it's just like they're so abstract for me. So I'm like, yeah, obviously you need to be loyal, but also stop being loyal as soon as that person isn't loyal to you. Who cares? You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. discipline is like so far down on my list because <laughs> I truly don't have time to even try to feel guilty about not being disciplined. That's the point I'm at in life, you know? Oh, yeah, like, so like going through college and like growing up, I was like, I need to be better at discipline. I need to be better at doing this and this and this. And now I'm just like, I don't even have time to shame myself for not being disciplined. That's how mm-hmm. unimportant it is. Mm-hmm. But honesty obviously is important. But like as a therapist, I know that everyone lies all the time. And so I'm like, whatever. Who actually is honest all the time. I like those people, but where are they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not in my office, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Are you honest to your clients? Yes. To a fault. I mean, Gosh, you guys know. I believe like- that. I believe that. That's the thing. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, shouldn't have told you that. But there's also like, I have a lot of, I can be very honest with myself, even though it hurts. Like in mm-hmm. saying I have no respect for discipline, even though like deep down, I'm like, I really should be disciplined. Mm-hmm. I still have those shoulds, but I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't even have time to shame myself for that anymore because I have to like shove that down and get it out of here. Yeah. That's being honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That was the best. That was the best answer. There you yeah. go. Like we're gonna go. know that you took his question, you chewed it, and you spit it. <laughs> spit- <laughs> you said, "Here you go." <laughs> well, I am just trying to bring a little bit of controversy to these questions. Let's see yes. what we have next. Our next question is: What would you guys do? For your jobs, if you were not oh. therapists, yes. I would full on be a cycling instructor. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like those those people at the gym that have those mics and their cool shoes that clip into the bikes, and they just like yell inspirational things at you as you just jam out to some hip hop probably some like Kanye Usher mm-hmm. jams. Um, yeah, I feel like that's a way to to do therapy with people that is fun and, and really healthy. Mm-hmm. just epic, you know? It just yeah. sounds great. That's probably what I'd be. I can see you for sure like yelling at me like, reach your potential. And I'm like, turn it yes, up. PJ. 
Turn it up. I will be disciplined for you. And then actually, that's what it'll be. You'll be like yelling, honesty, loyalty. And I'm just like, I am not here for this anymore. I think I would try to leave out those buzzwords like lean into your authentic self, like ditch that Uh, crap and just, you know, feel the music. I'd probably Mm -hmm. have some dialogues about um, pop culture. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Just I want to take this class for sure. Yeah, let's do it. Lighthearted. You know, we've yeah. had a lot of heaviness this year. We just need some yeah. some frivolous fun. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Absolutely. That's my tell you what would you be? Uh so when I was in eighth grade, I took a placement test. Do you guys remember those placement tests that they gave you? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh pretty directionless career wise at that point in my life. And so in eighth grade. In eighth grade. <laughs> yeah. And so okay. I took the placement test and it placed me in the category of like mechanics and machinery operation. Okay. Which I thought was really interesting. And so I kind of stewed on that. And then that summer I uh, I discovered welding, like welding of metals. And so I convinced my mom to register me <laughs> for a college course <laughs> At the local college, it was an introductory welding class, and so I was like 14 years old, and I spent my whole summer in this welding class, and I loved it. And then from then on, I wanted to be a professional welder, so I learned how to MIG, ARC, and electric weld, and I would just sit in there and make perfect welding beads, and it was like the most fulfilling thing in my life. And then I went to high school and I took an ag mechanics class where I built and welded a barbecue. And (laughs) it was freaking awesome. And at that point, my goal was to own my own welding, welding, um, shop. So yeah, I would, it's still a goal of mine. I don't know why I'm a therapist. If I'm being honest, I really wish that I was a welder. And I really Logan could see you being like, "Hey, Logan, I need to go back to my welding shed. Yes, and yeah. there and it's time. Put all the iron mask, yes. yep, and the jacket, yes. and just like get out your emotions. Yeah, just you guys weld the crap out of them. You know what? We're gonna do this together, all three of us. I'm, I'm saying we're gonna. I'm gonna make you guys weld. I with cannot me. wait. It yeah, is so beautiful." Watching like really hot metal come down and bead on <laughs> onto it and then solidify. Wait. It's amazing. <laughs> so yeah, I'd probably be a welder. Mm-hmm. That'd be me. I love Fantastic. that idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be a writer, but I still can be a writer, and I'm not being a writer right now. So maybe I wouldn't actually be. <laughs> that discipline like you know <laughs> yeah that's at the bottom there's, of your list yeah exactly there's nothing holding me back from doing that otherwise um when i was little my mom would take me to the supermarket and i always told her i wanted to be a checkout person and i still could really get into that i think mm-hmm. like i would like to be a personal shopper like grocery shopper like let me collect your apples for you and then check out and put them in the bags correctly and then take them to you that sounds nice <gasps> that sounds will you so be good. my personal shopper because i hate yes food shopping. yeah yeah i will because i have nothing to do but to drive to logan twice a week so perfect 
twice a week. <laughs> yeah, maybe just once a week. Maybe yeah, once a month you could get by. Months. Yeah, okay. I go to Costco. You could just go once a month. Yeah. Okay. Our next question is: What is a true fear you were able to overcome? So when I went to therapy way back when, when I was in grad school, I did a stand tray and it's like very unconscious and you don't know what's going to come out. And I had like this little village and then a big moat and then a big hill. And I put this massive Hagrid figure. And as we like talked about what I had made, I identified the Hagrid figure as rejection. And it was like looming over my life and really like controlling everything, like everything that I was the ways that I was acting in my life were to mitigate the effects of being rejected. Like I was so afraid of being rejected. And so through therapy, I kind of worked on that and got over that fear because I realized that rejection is just their experiences, rejecting your experiences. It doesn't have to do with you as like a core person. And once I was able to separate that, I got a lot better. So that's my fear that I overcame. That was poetic, honestly. Thank you. Rejection sucks. It's like, that's a legit thing to be afraid of. Yeah, it's, it's terrifying. It's very, like, emotionally painful wound. So. Yeah, especially when you're in that, like, dating friend. Yes. Like, school. Like, if you get a bad grade, that's that was a rejection for me. And You know what I mean? Like, it was happening all the time, and I needed to deal with it. <laughs> yeah. It can be very deep. Um, yeah. Mine, I think just, like to put it simply like going to therapy for the first time was a fear for me very out of my comfort zone very afraid of opening up and uh, just talking about those deep-rooted traumas Um, so yeah I, I feel very proud when I think about having gone to therapy and like still being very open to going when I need to again um yeah I love that I did that Um, one of my fears, let's see, I'll do a, like one, uh, going to the dentist. So after I had scout, I had a, um, I had, I had a very, very positive history with going to the dentist, great family Mm -hmm. dentist. I even had cavities and fillings. It was awesome. Um, after I had scout, I had six cavities, which was very abnormal. Ew, which was really abnormal. You like gross, but like you like bummer. That you have to take care of that. Right now. <laughs> yes, and so I couldn't find a really good dentist. I ended up just going to this one lady, and she started filling all of my cavities, and I was in a great deal of pain. And I told her I was like, I'm in a lot of pain, and she literally said to me, "That's all the pain medication that I can inject in you. You just have what? to tough it out." And <sighs> I felt like I was in this scene. I don't know if you guys have ever read A Million Little Pieces by James Frey. I know there's a lot of controversy around that book, but I maintain that it is really well-written and one of my favorite pieces of literature. And there's a scene where he is getting double root canals with no pain medication. Oh my gosh. And I was like, I am James Bray. Like I am. (laughs) And it was so painful Uh. and so crazy. And I had the hardest time going back to the dentist. How did I go back to the dentist? You ask. So- Mm -hmm. I, what I did was I called, um, I think I called one of my friends from college. 
I don't know, one of my friends, and I was talking to her, and then we recounted all of the positive experiences I had had in the past with my past dentist, what was good about that, and then I made a separate list of all the things that I have done to not have that experience again. I chose a new dentist. I did research. Mm -hmm. I reviewed them. I talked to other patients, and then I did a lot of mindfulness about going to the dentist, and I even talked to the dentist about about my emotional fears before we started working together. And then I allowed her to examine my teeth. So that's how I got over. That's how I got over my fear of immense pain in a dental chair. I hope that that helps someone who's afraid of the dentist. That was a very good step-by-step getting over it process. (laughs) Yes. A little bit of exposure therapy there, but yes. Great. Mm -hmm. Okay. So our next question is, Please listen because it's just two words and it is not a question. Rather, it is a statement. And I would like you to interpret this as you want. The statement is marital sex. KJ, take it away. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm going to assume that this question is about if you're struggling in that area of your life. I think something that can be really important is first working on your mindset around sex. So if you are viewing sex and your sex life as an obligation, a chore, something on your to-do list, something that essentially is not for you, um, that is where the mindset needs to be shifted if you want to move towards a healthier sex life. So actively working on what your thinking errors are surrounding it, um, openly communicating with your partner about it so that you can shift your view to sex being something that's about you and your pleasure and empowering yourself um, to just be in the moment and really enjoy it and not have it feel like it's a burden or a task, just something that is really enjoyable and fulfilling for you. Mm-hmm. Boom. Boom, marital sex. Boom. Okay. Let's see. Uh, What I would say to those two words in that comment bubble would be that you have to start with an emotional connection. And I always say that you're not going to want to have sex with somebody if you don't like that person. And so how do you like somebody? You emotionally connect with them. So what that looks like is Starting with an emotional check-in, how are you doing, how are things, uh, validate and support each other, reflective listen, feel close to each other, and then or start with some humor, like create an experience and then view that you're going to then expand that emotional experience into a physical intimacy realm. So it's kind of like we're already connecting, let's continue to connect in another way. That way your sexual experience with each other can be more like in the realm of curiosity and exploration and fun and connection instead of like KJ mentioned, which is the typical trap that a lot of people get in when they've been in a committed relationship for a long time, which is kind of the chore mentality, doing it for the other person, uh, feeling obligated, but view it as expanding your emotional connection and then just having fun together. So my answer is that in by the end of the year, for sure, 
we will have released our course on relationship resilience, and you will find an entire section in there on marital sex. So you can purchase the course and watch (laughs) that section. But really, we will go into so much detail and have so many tips and tricks. So if you are struggling, I actually fully do recommend that. So Mm -hmm. look out for that. It's coming. I would hate to give away all of the tips and tricks gems <laughs> that Taylor wrote in that section because I it's did a not very, even write it. It's a very thorough section. <laughs> it's a labor yes. of love for Taylor for sure. Oh my gosh, for sure. Okay, guys, we're going to rapid fire the next three so that this doesn't take all night or all day, depending on when you're listening to it. So first question, this one is for KJ. Lots of panic attacks lately. What is the best way to take care of yourself and process after? Okay. Panic attacks are so hard. And first, if you're experiencing them regularly or infrequently, it is awful. So it's best to have just kind of your emotional first aid kit. So what that can look like is just have a list of coping skills that are your go-tos, whether that is showering, splashing your face with cold water, drinking cold water, drinking a hot beverage, like something that just can help calm down your nervous system and your body and have a little routine in place. A lot of times if you can be very in tune with your body, you can figure out like what is happening for you before a panic attack happens and intervene before one really sets in and try to curb it. Uh, If one comes on, hang in there, you'll get through it, you'll be okay. And then afterwards, do a lot to just love your body and yourself and decompress afterwards. Mm. Coping strategies are so key with panic attacks. Agreed. Yeah, they really are for sure. Okay. Next question. Taylor. Mm -hmm. Are you ready? Oh, I'm so ready. (laughs) So I would love more on body positivity and healthy relationships with a changing body after babies. Mm. You've had the most. So holler. Yes. I've had a postpartum body four times now and it has looked different literally every single time looked and felt different. Um, But some things I think to keep in mind or the one that I've been working through the most right now, I am currently nine months postpartum. Um, Something that I've been working on is not wishing away my body. So I think back to like when I was 16 and you know, when we're all like that, I don't know. I can't, no, I will not blanket statement this. I will stick to my own experience for me when I was 16 years old. Um, I would look at my body and be like, oh, like why, why do my legs look like that? Or why this? Oh, I wish it was, I wish I was skinnier. I wish this yada, yada, yada. And then I look back at 16 year old Taylor now and I'm like, girl, you were fly. Like, why did you not enjoy yeah, those was. legs? She was freaking fly. <laughs> you know, like, why did you not enjoy all the Taco Bell and the way that your body was and how freaking awesome it was? And then I'm like, that is me now. That is me now. Like, yes, my body is changing. Yes, it's morphing and doing a lot of really cool and really interesting things, if I'm being completely honest. But I don't want to look back five to 10 years to this point and be like, I was so great. Why did I waste so much energy? And I think that is the thing. It's the emotional energy that you're 
pushing into your own body shaming when you're looking at yourself and you're like, I wish this was different. Why won't this be different? I shouldn't eat this many calories, yada, yada, yada. Imagine that energy that's leaving you as a colored force and you see that color escaping your body and going into nothing. So then take that colored energy and shift it into something else. Shift it into a reframe of, you know, my body is beautiful. My body got me up today. My body fed my baby today. My body did all of these things today. Or, you know, like, Take that energy and put it somewhere else that you need it. Put it into being healthy and loving yourself. So I think don't wish away your body. Practice reframes, shifting the the emotional energy from shaming into a positive perspective of your body. And I will say it just takes time and practice. It takes time. It's not going to be an overnight shift. You just have to keep talking to your body in a nice way. And the more you do it, the more you will believe it and the better that you will feel. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Mm. Thank you, Taylor. Mm-hmm. 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 Your turn. Okay, Jessica, this one's for you. <laughs> Are you ready? <laughs> Get ready. <laughs> okay, this question says, how to handle red zoned kid who doesn't respond to any calming techniques, but is also too violent to be left alone? redirecting offering to hold comfort and ignoring all make him rage more first of all big applause for all of those good things that you're trying and that you're doing because you're doing what you need to be doing you just have to keep doing it my advice is this sounds like it's obviously like a recurring problem you're you've probably dealt with it for months maybe years i would really get a system into place in your home that works so that you can front load coping skills all day long. So what I mean by that is saying, okay, I have a kid who is too violent to be left alone. Where is someone in somewhere in my house that I can take my child when they are raging? So I would have a room, a space somewhere that they can be safe and they can rage and destroy whatever they want. And I'd put egg cartons and phone books and papers and whatever they need to destroy in there so then they can destroy whatever they want. I would also reverse psychology, not tell them that they can destroy those things, but just let them know. You know what I mean? Because as soon as you say, this phone book is for ripping, they're like, I don't want to rip it. But if you just like take them into the room and they rip the phone book, you're like, sweet, it's working, right? (laughs) I would also throughout the day, if I had a kid who was raging like every day or several times a day, I would probably like every half an hour, every hour be trying to sneak in a coping skill. So that would be, okay, we spend two hours at the park in the morning because you do really well when you get all of your energy out. Or I'm going to light birthday candles and have you blow them out to practice breathing or blowing up a balloon to practice breathing or doing a dance party to a fun song or doing a yoga video. Just really working those coping skills into their everyday life and into regular intervals throughout the day so that you're hopefully never getting to as big of a red zone. But ultimately, there are kids who just have really big feelings and sometimes they need to be really aggressive and violent to get them out. And so that's why you just want to find a safe place to do that. And then hopefully over the time, they can learn to do it in a better way. You know, Mm -hmm. kids just need space. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's hard as a parent to give them that, but it's good for them. So mm-hmm. you're doing great. I promise. Yeah. 
All right. Thank you guys for asking those questions. There are some we didn't get to. So hopefully we can answer those in future episodes. Or if there's something that's very pressing for you, just send us a DM on the old IG or Facebook. And stay tuned for hopefully some exciting things here at Thoughts on Thoughts. Thoughts on Thoughts. Thoughts on Thoughts. Bye. (laughs) Thanks for being here. Have a nice night or day or morning. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Thanks for joining us today. We want to create a community of inclusion where we can have conversations about topics that you need help with or have questions about. We want you to have a voice in this process, so please let us know what you want to hear about on future episodes. You can email us at thoughtspod at gmail.com, and if you search ThoughtsPod, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All original music is composed by Milan Vrijic from Valley of the Bears, and our logos are by Rick Thomas. Thanks for joining us.